Uh, we are now up to Romans 5. I had uh, uh, planned, when I put my little calendar together, I had this thing done in about six, seven weeks. I didn't do a good job. <laughs> and so uh, about the eighth week, if you will, seventh week, we're, we're, at, we're now in the fifth chapter. And that's okay. That's okay. This has been a fantastic study. Um, so we thank God that we've had an opportunity really to almost go, thank you, to almost go verse by verse. And uh, so it's given us a clearer understanding of, again, one of the more, that's an extra one, again, one of the more dynamic books in the Bible. And we know that all scripture is inspired. So don't stop me after and full of text. Uh, but for theologians that study this stuff, uh, they consider this book, um, um, if not the, the deepest book and the greatest understanding, or gives an opportunity for the greatest understanding, then we definitely want to. Uh, if you get a grasp, and you understand this from an earthly standpoint, because you're never going to understand all the truths of the gospel. Anytime you come here and say, I got all this thing down, then, then I'm just going to head on back to my office. Cause you're never going to have all of this. Um, and, and in fact, it's, it's John, it says that if everything was recorded, it's John, the gospel recorded by John, it says if everything was record, recorded that actually happened, the pages themselves couldn't contain it. <laughs> So if you ever get to the point you think, I got this thing down, he's, he's away from me. <coughs> we all can learn. I don't care how long you've been in church. Um, I don't care what position you've got. What kind of hats you got and all that. We can all, we can all learn. So we thank God. We thank God for the richness of Romans. Um, again, we're going to deal with the fifth chapter today. We touched on the first half of, of five. But we've had a lot of people out, so I'm, I'm going to kind of recap five again, and then we'll go into the second half of five. Um, justification. That's that key word, right? What is, is anybody ready to, to give me a working definition of justification? Okay. Go ahead, Brother Green. Okay. All right. All right. You got one? Go ahead. Read it. Justification is the forgiveness of sins and the gift of admissions. When God forgives our sins, He says that we are not guilty anymore. Not only are we guilty, not guilty, but God also says that we are righteous because we forgive. We are we are forgiven. We are right with Him, with God, and we can go to heaven. Absolutely, that's a good definition. That's a better definition than what I can give. What what is that that you're reading from? Is that a NIV? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, perfect. That's a great definition. Amen. Perfect. That's a great definition. Um, again, we said, why do we have the book of Romans? We have the book of Romans because uh, we've got a problem coming before a perfect God. How in the world can we come before a perfect God? Romans unfolds that. All right? And then that idea of justification is, is putting us in right standing, just like what you said, this sums it up, puts us in right standing with God when we don't deserve it. All right? All right so let's tackle this now. Uh, again, we looked at five um, yesterday, uh, last week, so for those that were, uh, were here, uh, so kind of bear with me. So when we break this chapter up, um, and we're, we're really still dealing with the, the idea of salvation, if you will. Uh, once we get into six next week, then we're going to kind of start doing the sanctification. All right, how, how, how the Lord moves us closer uh, through life uh, to that righteousness, if you will. All right. Um, so, so now we're going to look uh, at the beginning, if you will, of five, and it, and it really deals with the blessings of justification, and then the back half of five is going to deal with what? The basis of justification, all right? Um, and in fact, I, I think I preached on it just about the last few weeks or so, but there's some benefits to justification. All right? It's a legal term, if you will, that, that puts us in right standing, but it's also um, a sense that there's a justification to life. I mean, there's some benefits in life. But it's one thing. 
keep, I keep going back to John, but it's the best one. Mm -hmm. I've come that they would have life and life more abundant. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with the pie in the sky. And I'm excited that I get to spend eternity with him. Mm -hmm. But he also has benefits for us right here, right now. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important for us to be walking in those promises now. Right. So let's kind of look at some of these uh, some of these blessings I'll pick you in. And again, the, the five when you look at it is really an extension of, of a lot of the questions that have been asked in Romans. What Paul does, Paul anticipates, if you will, many of the questions that would come come his way. Right? We talked about it before. Um, for, for the Jewish audience, they're going to say, well, how does this justification fit with Abraham? And that's why he goes, he goes ahead and he pulls Abraham out of there and pulls David out of there and shows that they had to have faith as well. All right? So what Paul is doing, again, he's anticipating the questions that not just his immediate audience, but that we would have as well. And so when you look at five, one of the questions is going to be, okay, because, again, we're so caught up in the works of it. We want to work our way into this. We just feel like that, that in order for it to, to really work, we've got to, uh, to, for it to be legit, we've got to have something. Skin the game, if you will. We've got to be good enough to receive it. No, it's not just the world. It's us church folks as well that wrestle with this grace thing. But I talk and, and, and Lord knows I sure enough have dealt with it. But I talk to folks all the time that saying, that, that wrestled with this idea that, that how can God forgive me? Again, what that goes back to, that goes back to this idea that I've done so bad that there's no way I can work myself back to it. So you're already on a bad premise because you figured you worked your way out of it. See, with grace, you can work your way in it and you can't work your way out of it. And that, that bothers us. So, uh, so one of the questions with five is, can I, or can the believer be sure that justification will last? All right? And how is it possible for God to save a sinner through the death of Christ on the cross? These are two questions that, that, that Paul is going to answer. Really that, can the believer be sure that justification will last? That's the first part. That's going to be the blessings that we're talking about. And then how is it possible for God to save the sinner through the death of Christ on the cross? That's going to be that second part of five. That's what we want to talk about um, Adam in the new Adam. All right? So that first part, the blessings of justification. Again, Paul lists, listing of blessings show how wonderful it is to be a Christian and not just, per se, a guarantee of heaven. Paul's listing of the blessings assures readers that justification is a lasting thing. Again, how do I know? This justification is going to last. That's what Paul calls these seven spiritual blessings that we talked about last week. Yeah, I preached on it probably two Sundays ago. A portion of it. A portion of it. So the seven, seven spiritual blessings. Peace with God. Access to God. Glorious hope. Christian character. God's love within us. Salvation from future wrath. And reconciliation with God. Again, how, how do I know? What's the evidence, if you will, in my life that, 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 that truly this justification thing is something that lasts? This righteousness uh, before God is something something that lasts. And so we first see this peace with God. Uh, that's in, in verse 5 and 1. Somebody read um, a 5 and 1 for me real quick. Thank you. That peace word right there is a key word. Alright? Now keep in mind there are a number of uh, meanings, if you will, for peace. Right? We talked about last week that you can have uh, peace as in, from war, if you will, as it relates between nations and, and, and tribes and stuff of that sort. Um, you can have a, um, a tranquility, a calmness about you. Nothing wrong with that. A calmness about you. You have that type of peace. But this piece right here is a little different. All right? What we're talking about right here is that we're no longer what? An enemy. And you're saying, well, why is that important? 
is it's important because what God has to do is he has to turn it back if you will. He has to deal with sin. When we talk about wrath, we talk about, look, it's going to come. The New Testament talked about now that uh, the point that he was weak stuff. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago how really that's his grace and his mercy that he's not dealt with the world. But he, he, he has that with the world as well. But he's not dealt with the people. That's that grace and that mercy. Because when you're talking about sin, that is an enemy. And we talked about the sinful nature, right? I keep using this illustration, but look, we were born in sin, all right? Even at this point right now, if you take it from this point on, and you figure out some way to be perfect from this moment only, you're still in trouble. But you still got to deal with those first 20 years, with those first however old you are. You still have to deal with that, all right? So that's when you're talking about that we're, 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 we're born in sin, if you will. Alright? And so God, a perfect God, cannot have that in his presence. Alright? So that's why we're an enemy outside of Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to go ahead? I just said, not take his flesh. Oh, yeah. There's one look. With all your singing and solos and all your talented, and I've seen some good stuff and good parenting and all that. Without Christ, you're still going to hell. All my whatever I think I am, without Christ, I'm going to hell. No, yes. Yeah. And that comes from that faith. Yeah. And that's where we walked a couple weeks. Uh, we walked with, uh, we showed that picture of, of Abraham. Now we had faith. See, keep in mind, and, and you've already been with that law. See, we were under the impression because when the law was in the Old Testament, that, that the Old Testament saints were saved. By works. No, 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 no. The Old Testament saints were saved by faith as well. Now, they didn't have this, uh, uh, the revelation that we have because we we look, we look back to the cross. They look forward to the cross. When you talk about Abraham, you talk about a David, and they alluded, because uh, they knew that they couldn't come before Christ on, on their own. But, but, but um, through the Holy Spirit, uh, we, we have a, a, a more of a revelation, if you will. But they had to have faith in the Old Testament. So yes, I'm, I'm with. Now, keep in mind though, make sure we understand this. There's nothing wrong with the law, right? The law, the law was good. The only thing about it is, it could be. It didn't have it didn't have a saving element with it. What it does is it, it exposes. It exposes me. Yes, Absolutely right. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, this right here, we get to the end of five. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We study. We study. We study. So we see this peace. We see this peace with God. And then in 2A, we see this access to God. Somebody read uh, 5, 2, and 8, please. For whom also we have obtained our redemption by faith in Jesus Christ. Again, we're talking about this access to God. Um, we looked at this. Somebody, somebody pull up Luke 23, 45, and someone pull up Ephesians 2 and 14. The audience, again, we know it's a, a, a Jewish audience. We know it's a Gentile audience. The, the Jewish audience themselves would have said, what in the world are they talking about access to God? Because they would have come out of what? That sacrificial system, right? 
And, 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 and who went before God on behalf of the people? The high priest. He was the only one that went back there, right? And he goes, what's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could only go at a certain time under certain circumstances. Yeah. 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 And then, and so they were looking at it. Somebody read, somebody read um, Luke real quick. 23 and 45. Anybody have that? Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Yes. So we see right there, that's going to be what? Calvary scene, right? Okay. And so that's symbolic. Oh, this is going to be nugget to the body. But, but that, that veil being torn represents now through Christ, I have access to God. I don't need the priest to go there. Now, I'm not after my sister churches. And, and they do and that's fine. But I don't need to sit in the booth. <laughs> that that veil has been torn. Now I have access to God with the priesthood of all believers. And so the Jews looked at that and saying, My goodness, the sacrificial system that we've had for years, for thousands of years, now we talk about I can go before God. Uh, what's that in Ephesians account? Somebody have that? When he himself is our peace, she made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the Mm-hmm. So now, for, and for the Gentile again, that's going to be a good study for us when we, when we deal with some of this Leviticus and some of this other stuff. When we talk about the sacrificial system, but one of the things that you had is you had a, a wall. You had the Jews; they couldn't go um, behind the veil. But you had the Gentiles; they couldn't go anywhere near. There was a wall that separated them from the inner parts. Mm-hmm. This right here is saying that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So this access. To God. So how do I know again that this justification thing is real? How do I know this thing is going to last? I've got what? I've got peace. You don't want an enemy? Mm-hmm. I've got access to God. Yeah. And then also, you also see a glorious hope. So peace with God takes care of the past. Our sins are not ever canceled. Access to God takes care of the present. You can come to God at any time. And then the hope of glory of God takes care of the future. One day we shall share his glory mm-hmm. to be. In which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Alright, we talk about that rejoice. Really, we talk about translating a little bit better in Greek. We're kind of tied in with our English language. The Greek is a whole lot more versatile. You're really talking about boast. Right? Mm-hmm. Boasting. Boasting in the Lord. As sinners, there was nothing to boast about because we fell short of the glory of God. In Christ, we boast of his life. Right? And we also see the Christian character. The Christian character. Five, uh, three, and four. Somebody read three and four for me. And I only one of the disservices, I know I've, I've said this, I'm not suffering from anything, I, I'm repeating stuff, I understand. One of the things that we've done a disservice is, is trying to convince people that once we come to Christ, things are going to be better. <laughs> things are going to be perfect. Let me put that way. That's absolutely when it comes hard. That's a change. That's when you come back. Yes. That's absolutely when it comes hard. And, and especially in the Western Western society, we, 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 we try our best to make everything perfect and everything comfortable. You know, and we, we think that this sign of trouble uh, means that God is not with us. And he said in his, he said in his word that they're going to, they're going to hate you. They hated you first. And he said tribulation was coming. He said that folks were going to mess with you at work. And so now you're upset because folks are messing with you at work. I'm looking at you kind of funny. That's what he said. You're upset that folks in the church ain't perfect. He said, it won't be perfect. It won't be some trouble. 
who belongs to the saints. And so I'm looking at folks that's, that, that expect church to be perfect. And folks that say, well, they believe in because uh, so-and-so ain't perfect. And I'm looking at them and saying to myself, well, you ain't perfect. <laughs> he said it was going to be trouble. He said there was going to be some, some, some struggle uh, in this world. Uh, but we understand there's no amount of suffering that can separate us from the Lord God. All right? And then keep in mind that trials, they bring us closer to God and make, make us more like Christ. When you talk about this, this experience, it really means the character that has been proven. All right? One thing that you, you can show enough say is that, that yeah, there's some struggles now uh, that you just sit back and just kind of watch and see what God's going to do. Stuff 10, 12 years ago, it would have drove me over here to Eastern Spec. Man, you can sit back. Yes, sir. And there's always an opportunity in my life where I went through that. I seen what God did, what God mm-hmm. brought me here. Does that mean that I can't repeat going back through that? Let me get away from God's word or trying to live according to God's word. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a really unperfect being. I'm, I'm a very bright I know, you know, compared to what God intended me to be. That's a striving. But we shouldn't go back there. Look back. I mean, not go yeah. back. But it's look back. But what's wrong with that? Yeah, keep that there. God's walking me through here. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It should be such now where, where the the trials, and see, remember we're talking about it again, we're talking about the blessings of it. And so the trials actually build back into it. See, the world doesn't understand that. See, the world, when, when, when we're talking about it, we go through some trials and we're still smiling, the world's saying, well, what's the world wrong with Are they sadistic? But now the trials have gotten me to the point where they lifted me up. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll be worse. I think about it right now. I've had a panic attack. I think about it. I think about it. You know. It could have been worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a good perspective. That's a good perspective. It is. Now, that's not the best job. No, no. None of us has. That's that process. I but yeah, the, the trials they, they build they build into us. You know, James James is it's so odd, but, but James almost raises his hand and says, give, give us a trial in the first chapter of James. You gotta have a spirit, you, you gotta have some spiritual lenses. We talk about counting all joy when you fall into diving stuff, you gotta have a spiritual lens. But once you grow, you understand what he's talking about. Because now I'm where I'm at now. Because of the trials 15 years ago, I thought it was going to take me out. Mm-hmm. Now it's built me up. We can use it. We can use it then. It was a sifting process as well. Mm-hmm. Right, well we got to move on. I, I got <laughs> And so we see this Christian character is being proved, right? And we also see this God, God's love within 5 through 8. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in the heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, and really, that's just a, um, and one part right there where they talk about, you know, maybe I'll die for, a, you know, someone that's upright. Uh, I probably would die for somebody that's upright, but if they're a little bit better than that, maybe I would die. We just, it's just a play on words. 
Because ain't none of us uh, exceptional. Maybe one, one or two family members. Ain't too many of us getting ready to raise our hand and, and, and die. We should die. I don't care how good they are. Christ died for us. Knowing all our messes. He died for us when we were still in the midst of our mess ups. Now look, uh, and, and I've got a good, good study that I'm listening to. Who here would die for Hitler? <laughs> Adolf Hitler. Everybody know who Hitler is? <laughs> How many of us would die for him? Because it's easy for us to say, well, Hitler's probably the epitome of Thank you. God knows our hearts. He knows, he knows our thoughts. He knows what. When, when, they, when everybody up there uh, think, man, they show our praying and they show our <laughs> God knows what you're really thinking about. <laughs> and you say, why do, why do I have to come to this Bible study? Why do I have to do this? That is the stuff that encourages us. That's why you study this. Because you understand that he's pouring into me even now. <laughs> so God's love, God's love within. Uh, we see as the children of God, we are loved by God. And the inner experience of this love, the Spirit, sustains us as we go through trials. Right? Patience makes it possible for the believer to grow in character. So I've already referenced James 1. Um, some of these that he talks about faith and hope and love combined to give the believer patience during trials. But we also see another blessing of justification is the salvation from future wrath. 9 and 10. Somebody read that for me real quick. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. This, um, so this idea of God saved us when we were enemies, surely he can keep on saving us as his children. A quick, quick scenario, and this is not my story, I got this from someone else. Uh, this the, uh, one of the theologians that, that I follow, uh, he talked about how um, the scenario described this. He said there were two soldiers on opposite sides, all right? And he said the soldier saved the other soldier's life, even though they were enemies. And he said they came together years, years later. And, and he said they uh, they got together and they met. And he said, um, what would it look like if after the soldier who saved the, the gentleman, after he did all that, what if the gentleman that was right there that was saved, what if he just got up and just, and just refused, refused to spend time? That would seem pretty odd. Seem awfully odd to us. Would it? What if he said that well the reason I'm not doing this is because I don't I don't understand why our relationship is like that I don't I don't know if he cared for me at this point in my life. That would seem awfully odd after all that he's done for me. Mm-hmm. Go back to where I'm at right now. For us now. To look at God and question Him, our stand, our, our standing with Him, our question where we're at and what we mean to Him. It's just as odd as that scenario I gave you. He's already saved us. He's already saved us. He sacrificed for us. And for us now to sit up at night and say, "I don't know what God's for me," that doesn't make that don't make too much sense. Kept us from wrath. So salvation from future wrath. There is a coming wrath. We've already talked about that. That no true believer will experience again as no true believer. Paul also argues that if Christ's death accomplished so much, imagine how much more he will do for us in his life as he intercedes in heaven for us. If God saves us when we're enemies, surely he keeps on saving us as his children. You do realize that, that, that 
that, that Christ is in heaven for what? Interceding on our behalf, right? Where's that at? Is that Hebrew? That's Hebrew, isn't it? Somebody, somebody double check with that. That's a good good start, isn't it? Yes. 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 It is continued. Absolutely. Excellent point. So Jesus, uh, take a look at Luke twenty-two and twenty. Somebody read that real quick. We are saved by His life. He died and returned to heaven. To enforce the will, if you will, and distribute the inheritance. He actually wrote his will, if you will, and then writes the will with his own blood. Now read that in Luke 22 and 20. Somebody pull that for me real quick. And in the same way, he took the cup as he was eating, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is to be heaven in my blood. my blood, yeah. Of course, we know that's. that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be the Lord's Supper communion. Some, some folks call it communion. That's the Lord's Supper. And, and we understand that the Lord's Supper, um, that's a remembrance of the act of Calvary, right? And so that's the idea of being that he wrote this meal um, in his blood. So when he goes back to make sure that it's enforced, in a sense, we understand anything in heaven is already done. Uh, so we have this salvation from future wrath. And we also have one of these uh, spiritual blessings is the reconciliation with God. Uh, 5 and 11. Somebody read that for me. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have now received the atonement. Of course, the atonement is going to be that reconciliation brought back into fellowship. Right? We are out of fellowship when we're outside of We declared war on God and deserved to be con- condemned eternally. But God did not declare war on humankind. He instead sent his son as peacemaker so we can be reconciled. Our salvation in Christ is certain. Christ died for us, lives for us, and is coming for us. And again, we, we wrestled with this point. We, we, we dealt with these issues because in not just the original audience, but we question sometimes as well. You know, what, how, how do I know and I'm in right standing with God. That's what we just talked about. All right? On this end, it pours into us on this end. Okay? So now we're going to deal with this basis of our justification. This is going to be 12 through 21. And so this is going to finish out the chapter. All right? How was the substitutional death on the cross possible? Every right here, every third Sunday, and some churches every second Sunday, and some whatever Sunday, and so often as you do it, we remember Sunday. I might ask how many times, but whenever we do it, we're doing it in remembrance of what took place at Calvary. But how many of us really understand, uh, to the best of human knowledge, can do it? And then there's some stuff, look, on the cross, there was some stuff happened, he just turned off the lights. Wasn't there a point in there, a part in there, he just. It went darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Some of this you weren't going to see. And I wasn't going to see you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's okay. So, so there's, there's always going to be some of this um, that, that uh, we're not going to have a, a full revelation of, if you will, but we'll have enough. We'll have enough. So how is the substitution of death on the cross possible? In this section, let's keep a couple things in mind. We're going to deal with the one, all right, the idea of one. We're going to deal with this idea of rain. And we're going to deal with this idea of much more. And we're going to see that Paul, what he does on this right here, is he really uses a contrast, if you will. All right? Compare and contrast. So, basis of our justification Adam was given dominion over all creation. And he sinned, right? All mankind is under condemnation. Christ came as king over a new creation. His obedience. And that's a capital H, that's, uh, that's Christ. Obedience on the cross brought in righteousness and justification. More, and this is, um, more was done, no, it was More was done in that Adam's work was undone, and we were made, we were made children of God. 
All right, so more was done in that Adam's work was undone. All right, look, that right there is enough. All right, but we see that we're also made children, children, children in God. All right, so was there grace? Let's kind of deal with some of these questions. Was there grace in Adam being the representative? We're going to talk about that. All right. I know we hear the complaints all the time. Why do I got? Why do I have to pay for Adam's mess ups? You know, Adam messed up. Everybody talk about when I get to heaven. That's the first one I'm going after. Adam, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. When you get to heaven, and I get to heaven. We're gonna have so much rejoicing. We have time to But 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 look, you get an opportunity to get this thing right yourself. You had a chance to be perfect. You messed that up about a day, about day zero, and I did too. <laughs> yes, sir, my green. The word of God says that God grew up into man, and man became the living soul. You know, so from that point, after Adam failed, we all failed. Yes, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that idea of original sin. We inherited sin from our great, 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 whatever you want to be, great, 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 time, whatever, grandfather. That's that idea of that original sin. That's sin brought into the world death. Death was not part of the original plan. So no, you're right, you're right, you're right. We're gonna kind of deal, deal with that. But God was able to save the human race through one man. Alright? Now just in case it, it, it weirds me does a good job of it, I'd never I'd understood that angels did not have salvation, but but I, I never quite um, heard somebody talk about it like this. Angels are not a race and they sin individually and they judge individually. Alright, so they didn't have they didn't have an opportunity at, at a single rep, representative. All right, and I'm going to show you the grace, if you, if you will, in that, in that the, the, not the plan, but the, the idea that Adam could be our representative, there's going to be grace in that. Because the flip side of that is that Christ, through one man we all fail. And through one man we all fail. So, so there, there is grace in the fact that we're not... And, and, and I don't want to just don't go out here and mess up. I'm about to say that we're not judged from a salvation standpoint, if you will, on our individual sins. We talked about that, right? If you were judged individually, if you look, we sin because we are sinners, all right? We're not sinners because we sin. Make two on that. We came into the world sinning because we're sinning. Right? We have a fallen nature. We have a fallen, you know, that's that, the doctrine of the past. We are fallen, we are fallen people. Yes. Babies are born to sin as well. Babies are born to sin because it's our nature. Our nature, our nature is sin. In our nature itself, nobody is without sin that enters this land, and that's because it was passed down from 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 Adam. And I see the wheels turning. Um, we're all we're born in iniquity. I'm going to and shake it. That's what that is. That's, that's what that Men die because we are united racially to Adam. Right? Mm -hmm. In all in Adam, all men die. Adam's offense is contrasted with Christ's free gift. Right? So let's kind of let's kind of start dealing with. Some of this text, real quick. I don't know. Uh, we still have to get it. 
Okay, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin. Alright? But until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was the type of him who was to come. All right, we understand Adam is the type of Christ, right? Adam was a representation of his people. All right, that's where you get that prototype. That doesn't mean that he was Christ. It means that he is a shadow, a shadow, if you will, of, of one to come. Um, this is in, in the Greek. Greek is good, but sometimes it it kind of ties ties around. So let's kind of deal let's deal with some of this. Again, we we understand that through Adam sin entered the world. All right, and, and what uh, Paul is getting ready to do is he's going to do a comparison and contrast. And he said, as a result, the sin entered the world. That's where death came in. All right, um, death immediately. If you look at Genesis account, what's that? Genesis 3, right? Genesis 3, you look at the fall of man. Um, he said, you'll surely die. You'll surely die. Now, Adam didn't die immediately. Right? So we understand um, that that immediate death had to be a spiritual death. Now, go ahead if you got something. But now, you start seeing a spiritual death that had to take place. Alright? And, and it doesn't take a genius to figure that out, that that spiritual death, we're still feeling the effects. We're still feeling the effects of that, right? We talked about the law. If we are to die by the law, what happens before the law? What happened to those folks that, 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 were, that were alive and died before the law? The law is what? Moses, right? Why did they die? It was the, if you had the law, and, and we're, saying, we're saying that, well, some folks said it's in the law, that if you transgress the law, that is going to be death. We have folks that died before Moses. That's where you talk about the Moses, the Adam to Moses in here. So what was the thing that brought about, brought about our demise? Had to be the original sin. I know, again, it's a hard place to swallow. That's why we even have young people that die. That's even why you have babies, if you will. Because it was based upon the law. They still be here, right? Mm -hmm. And even those before that, before Moses would still be here. Mm -hmm. That is the curse, if you will, of entering this rank. This death. Make sense? Mm -hmm. That's where you get this part in 13. Well, until, the law, until the law of sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Alright? So again, the, 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 you have to keep in mind that um, the law itself shows us our sin. The law was God's explicit commands, if you will. Alright? That's, that's what that was. Now we talked about how even because we're made in the image, there's still some, some laws of nature, if you will, that we're required to hold up. You know, we, we understand there's something in us that tells us not to kill 200 people. Alright? We understand that. But we understand that the laws that came uh, by way of Moses, that was the explicit laws. And so Paul is, he's arguing a point He's saying, well, how in the world did you have death prior to that law? All you folks are saying is by, is by works, is by law. How did you have death before that? And he said, so it wasn't the law that killed us, per se. Alright? Nevertheless, that death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam. See, we hadn't had the law by then. We hadn't gotten a direct command, if you will, from God, but we still died. Okay. Uh, who is the type of him who is to come? All right? 15, again, it's contrast. But the free gift is not like the offense. 
For if by one man's offense many died, much more, that's that word I was telling you about, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Um, he's, trying to, he's trying to show us that, that much more is a critical term. He's trying to show us that God's righteousness and, and God's grace is greater in that direction than, Paul, than Adam's mess up going that direction. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's that abounding. That's that much more. That's, that's that idea that, that, that even in Adam's fall, uh, God took it and put it to numbers. I don't know how you put a number. Adam messed up with a five. God went on and, and said, I'm going to do a hundred in the opposite direction. <laughs> okay, man. The word grace is self. That stands for unwanted help. That's, 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 that's a gift. You, you, deserve, you can do to deserve that. The grace of God's unmerited faith. That's nothing. It's at all, period. It's like I can't say, well, why did my friend's son, why is my friend's son still living and my son is dead, died at 25? I can't. I understand that. If it was not for the grace of God, unwanted help, there's no way I could be sitting here today. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. There's no way. Yeah, I'm with you. Because when, when my, using this as an example, when my son died, I died. Not so much a physical death. Yeah, but a spiritual death came over me. I died. But by the grace of God, unwanted help in, in, in my time of need, I'm able now to say, Thank you, Father God. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Because here I am. I got you. The effect of Adam's sin is contrasted with the effect of Christ's disobedience. Right? That's that 16 I just read. Jesus' work on the cross brings justification, while Adam's sin brought condemnation. We have unrighteousness versus righteousness. Right? The two reigns are contrasted. Right? That's that 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more whose rank will receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life the one Jesus Christ, right? So you have the two reigns. Adam had a reign, right? He, he ruled, right? And now we see that Jesus came and he had a, a different rule that was even a better rule. Alright? Our spiritual reign is far greater than even Adam's earthly reign. The two one acts are contrasted. 18 and 19. Therefore, as through one man's offense, that's Adam, Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteousness, act, the free gift, came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Right? Adam did not have to commit to a series of sins, right? We just know it was one act that God tested Adam and fulfilled. Right? It was an offense and it was an act of disobedience. What did he tell him to do? So you can do anything, but don't eat. That's it. That's it. Offense is trespass or crossing over that line. He crossed that line, right? Adam decided to go further than what God had told him. Stay away from that tree. The two one acts. Uh, the offense of one is righteousness of one pointing in the righteous works of Christ on the cross. Christ's sacrifice on the cross made justification possible, but also the justification of life. Justification does more than just describe our position with God. Justification results in a certain life. And that's um, 18 and 19. Therefore, well, we've read that. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Right? Our justification is the result of a living union 
with Christ. The result of a new kind of life should lead to a righteous life of obedience to God. Right? We talked about that. We can continue to talk about that. Our lives have to show. Alright? Y'all don't know my heart. And I don't know your heart. But what you should see is you should see some fruits of a heart being changed. That's why you can't come in here and be all nasty. And then tell me, brother the Lord, the Lord loves you. Doesn't add up. One person in this case is one person. And they know. Um, right here we see uh, the law and grace are contrasted. Look. A lot of folks in the church that are not saved. Oh. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Alright? Again, law, law brings to life even more your mess-ups and my mess-ups. That's that amount. Alright, so when the law came, it, look, you thought you messed up before that. Look, you think you think you're messing up when you're driving out here fast? You wait till uh, five over to the top pull you over. <laughs> then you know you done really messed up. After they done get you that ticket about 180. And so the law made man's sins increase, but yet God's grace abounded even more. And again, you don't sin. We're going to talk about that. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit. You don't sin to get more grace. Run that up. Run that up. Sin and death reign in this world, but God's grace has reigned through the righteousness of Christ. Let me read this last part and we'll get out of here. Adam came from the earth. Jesus came from heaven. This is weird. But it's not weird. Adam was tested in the garden surrounded by beauty. Jesus was tested in the wilderness and dies. And full cross. Adam was cast out of the garden. Jesus welcomed the thief into the kingdom. Think about those contracts. Do me a favor. Next week, uh, for, uh, as preparation for next week, go ahead and read uh, six. All right? Read six. And uh, that way we can go ahead and jump into it. Uh, any questions? Does that, does that, and if you've got some questions and you still chew on it, write it down and we'll come back. Does that make sense? Any part of that doesn't make sense? Alright, let's pray. God, again, we just thank you for this opportunity to study. We're praying even now, Father God. As we continue to tackle Romans, if you just continue God, to show us this mighty, mighty book. We thank you for Paul. And we thank you for you using him, Father God, to now speak to us simply. Father God, uh, we just thank you that it's already settled for those that are in you. We pray again for all those that are here. We pray, Father God, that you give strength as we finish another year. It's in the sun's sake we ask all these things. How about the Lord's house In Jesus' name, we ask Thank you all. Any questions? Anybody?